Welcome to Fitzarns Property Exchange, hosted by Pearl Skeltimer, designed to keep you informed and captivated about the South African residential property market. Subscribe to our channel today and enjoy conversations with some of the most influential, innovative and interesting industry experts, stakeholders and scheme executives as they render input in today's property market. Hi, good day, and once again, welcome to Fitzans Property Exchange. Gee whiz, I can't tell you how long we've waited for this interview, but I'm extremely excited and what an honor to speak to Aubrey Sneeman. Aubrey Sneeman qualified as a town and regional planner at the University of Pretoria, after which he spent the next 10 years gaining experience as a senior town planner at the City Council of Pretoria and the Department of Housing. He established Multiprof Property Intelligence in 1998. So for the past 32 years, he's been acting as a consultant in the property industry, using his curiosity and ability to connect the dots between the industry professions. Multiprof Property Intelligence is a versatile yet focused consulting enterprise offering a spectrum of services, including town planning applications, as-built plans for schemes, scheme building audits, general sectional title advice, as well as exclusive use area plans. Multiprof Property Intelligence also provides civil engineering, complex evaluation, and property inspection services. Aubrey is passionate about sharing his vast amount of knowledge and his ever-popular training sessions includes a variety of topics relevant to the sectional title fraternity. Bayanama, we are well known with Aubrey and his knowledge pertaining to plans and changes to schemes. So, ladies and gentlemen, I told you we have many more questions for Aubrey Sneeman. Aubrey, thank you once again. So, Aubrey, please tell us. An owner, I have just bought this section I'm very excited with my new place, but I have plenty of changes in mind. What would your advice be to me regarding the process to follow? Uh, thanks, Paul. It's an important question. And I think let's start from the very beginning. I think the first thing that a, a new owner should do, if you haven't done it before, is to do some homework and understand what sectional title is. As you would know, in a sectional title, you buy the inside of your unit and the undividable share in the common property. And that's typically everything else outside of your unit. So the first question that you need to ask yourself is the changes I'm going to make or the extensions, will that include common property? Now, if it's common property, of course, you technically can't do that because it's not your property. You didn't buy it. Even though you might think so, it looks like it's your garden and you might have been told by the property practitioner, listen, this is your garden, this is your LARPA. You first need to ensure what the ownership is and nine out of 10 times it's common property. And therefore, if you want to claim common property for your own purposes, of course, you need the consent of your co-owners, and that's going to the body corporate, have a special general meeting, or, or go to AGM, and get the permission 
of your co-owners for whatever it is you want to do and explain how you are going to become the owner of that extension or addition. Because if you just do it without following the procedure, even though you pay for the addition, it's not yours. It mm. belongs to everybody. And therefore, that's the starting point. Understand what it's going to be, how it's going to be. Okay, so let me get this clear. So what did I purchase? I purchased my section, which consists of 50% of the walls to the inside, foundation upwards, ceiling downwards. That's what I bought. Together with that, I have an undivided share in common property. And the common property can either be ordinary common property to which all members are entitled to use of, yes. or it can be exclusive use or registered exclusive use. Correct. So this term is for many of our clients rather confusing. Can you start by explaining what exclusive use are in the context of sectional title schemes? Okay. As we've just said, everything outside of your unit belongs to everybody. Everybody have an undividable share in that. Now, to solve the problem of, for instance, take your garden. As it is, your garden is for the use of everybody. And sometimes we have a person that decides to have a party in somebody else's garden, and that's quite legal. <laughs> to, solve that, to solve that problem, um, there is a way whereby an area of common property can be registered as exclusive use. And it's exactly what the words say. It's for the exclusive use of that section. It's not owned by the section, but nobody else can use it. Now, there's two ways of doing that. The first one is what we call the first prize, and that's when you get the land surveyor and he come and survey each exclusive use area and he put that information on the sectional title plans. And if you draw a copy of your sectional title plan, you will see exactly what is your exclusive use. And, and just a reminder, it's exclusive use. You don't owe it still. But that is the expensive way. And that is seldom worthwhile if it wasn't registered from the start by the developer. In a typical complex now where people assume that they own the garden and it's their parking and, and it's their orchard, we recommend that it is done in the rules, typically in the conduct rules. And for that, we prepare a plan that indicate the size of each unit's exclusive use area with the dimensions, the square meters, and then very importantly, what is this exclusive use area going to be used for? So if it's for a garden, that is your right. You can't say, okay, now I have uh, exclusive use and now I'm going to, to use it to park my car or whatever mm. because mm. it's mm. my exclusive use. It must be utilized for the purpose. Correct. Indicated on, mm. the, on the plan. Okay. Um, and then, of course, that plan form part of the rules that go to CSOS and the rules will cover things like 
who's responsible for the maintenance, how do you contribute uh, as far as levies is concerned, if, if at all. But that's for the body corporate to decide how they're going to deal with that aspects. So you get almost the same right to your exclusive use in the rules or if it is done by the land surveyor. Only one slight difference, that's not very often an issue in a complex. If it's done by the land surveyor and it's on your plans, the bank will use any improvements on that as part of the valuation. If it's in the rules, they will not use it because it can be changed. Remember, the exclusive use area is registered or approved at the AGM or whatever. But two years later, a a new body corporate can decide, no, 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 we're going to make yours a little bit smaller and and make Mm. it a bit bigger for somebody else as long as you have the support. So the bank can't use that. But if it is done by the land surveyor, that is there forever and ever. Nobody can change it. So the bank can see that as value if there's a structure on, on, on that property. Okay, so, so that is basically what the exclusive use area is. Now, important in today's day, and it's going to come up every day now, is solar panels. Oh. I don't know if we have a, a different question, but perhaps I can just share the practicalities of it. As you rightly said, What you buy is the inside brick of your section up to the ceiling and down to to the floor. So who does the roof belong to? Yeah. The roof is common property and it belongs to everybody. And the body corporate is responsible to maintain it. And therefore, the trustees cannot just give permission for somebody to put some panels on the roof because it's common property. It doesn't belong to you. And who's going to put this where and who's responsible should there be damage to the roof. And therefore, we also suggest that while you do exclusive use area plans and get it in, you also put the roofs as exclusive use areas for the different sections. And obviously that's not too difficult when you have single story uh, buildings, but once you have double story buildings with one unit at the bottom and one at the top, you of course can't register the whole roof area for the top section and the bottom section can never have it, but that can be dealt with in the plans that goes with the rules to CSOS for approval and only after CSOS have approved them that will become a valid exclusive use area. Yeah. All right. You've touched on quite a few things. First of all, I would just like to summarize. So first of all, exclusive use can be created if the developer did not so in the initial phase of development. Correct. And it can be created either by way of the sectional plan, which according to you is the more expensive way of doing it, Why do you say more expensive? Okay. In practice, what will happen is you'll get a quote from a land surveyor and he must come physically and come and survey every corner of the exclusive use area. So it's actual measurement. It's actual measurement and the cost per unit can be anything between five and 20,000 rand. 
Now you wow. can think of of thirty units. Let's say that will cost you three hundred thousand rand. Sure. While if you do it in the rules, it will cost you ten to one with the rule changes and whatever less than thirty thousand rand. So okay. it it is it's it's just not not realistic, except in really really upmarket areas. I think next to the Fall River and perhaps there in Landatno and places like that where 300,000 is the same as uh, three rand for me. Uh, over there, I think there might be value in it because it's permanent. But for a typical complex, I've never seen the value mm. of getting a land surveyor to do it. The results are technically the same for a tenth of the price. Okay, so generally it will be rule created. And it can either be done by way of the management rules, which is slightly more difficult, as in order to change management rules, you require a unanimous resolution. And by amendment to conduct rules, it's only a special resolution. 75%. Yeah, which requires a normal quorum and 75% of the quorum in favor. But then still, you need to add a plan that demarcates the exclusive use areas. And what's very important, and Zelinda has touched on that topic quite a few times, is the fact that you have to create rules that apply as to the use and maintenance, insurance, and all that goes along with exclusive use. That's extremely important. So, What do you think would be the do's and don'ts that a unit owner needs to be aware of when it comes to exclusive use? Yes. Well, firstly, from the the body corporate side, it's a given that you cannot register exclusive use area for one owner because he now wants that for himself Mm. and not for the rest of the people. Firstly, you're not going to get the support of 75% of the people at the meeting if Mm. it's not fair towards everybody. So I I think it's it's important uh, for the body corporate to really explain to their owners what exclusive use areas are and why it is important. The de facto exclusive use areas that we talk about is is where owners assume, and they might have been stayed there for 20 or 30 years, and they really believe that they own the garden and that they can do there what they want and that the trees and whatever, they plant whatever they want, and, and if there's a problem, it's the body corpus problem. So it's, it's important to understand that the exclusive use areas needs to be dealt with for the complex as a whole. Hmm. And, of course, with that, the owners must understand the, the consequences as far as contributions is concerned, and the body corporate must understand uh, how that will affect their budgets. Typically, people would say, oh, but we're now going to pay more. In reality, it's not the case because you're only going to get income from two different sources, but the total amount of money the complex needs is still the same. Yeah. So uh, your, your levy should come down on one side and, and then there will be from the exclusive use area side, there will be another income stream and it makes it a bit easier to run the complex once you have that. 
and you don't have the surprise of somebody pitching up with his 10-year-old for a birthday party in your garden. Mm-hmm. Of course, another big benefit, and it's sometimes scary, you know, for instance, a splash pool in what is called exclusive use, but that's not really. If you have a child that drowns in one of those splash pools inside a a wall, but on common property, technically the whole complex is responsible for that because it happened on common property. So if there's claims, it can be against all the owners. Now, once you have exclusive use areas, at least you have certain ways of dealing with that because then the owner is responsible for what happened in, in, in that area. So, yeah, it's, it's important to really look at what is on common property and, and the consequences of those type of, of, of things that, that can happen. The same with a LARPA, for instance, and we had that before where a LARPA was erected on the common property and it burned down. And, of course, when the owner wants to use it, it's his LARPA. When it burns down and causes damage, then it's common property. Yeah. yeah. So so one needs to, to, to make sure. And we often attend uh, AGMs and, and explain to owners exactly what they bought and what consequences is if you don't rectify these type of things. And it's quite an eye-opener, I think, for, for owners when they realize the risk that they put themselves under by allowing those these type of things. Yeah, totally. So in short, to summarize, having exclusive use is a privilege which you pay for in terms of contribution, but it also brings along great responsibility. And when considering having exclusive use or additional exclusive use created, body corporates must think very carefully about the rules and how it should be applied. And therefore, professional help is definitely recommended. Aubrey, thank you so much. To end off, if people would like to consult with you or obtain more information pertaining the specific topic of plans, building plans, approval thereof, creating exclusive use, where can they get hold of you or Multiprof? Thank you very much, and it's a pleasure, and i always keen to share what I know and assist people in the right direction. A few uh, ways to get hold of us. Firstly, I'll give you the email address, and that is info at mpdp.coza. I always say info at mama, papa, donkey, papa. It's easy to remember, .co.za, and then normally people giggle a bit and they remember it. Or our office number, Pretoria 012-361-5095. You're welcome to contact me on that line, or I'll even give you my private cell number, 082-5560-944. Obviously, it's always easier to send an email because we have a a, a track record of it or even a WhatsApp, but you're very welcome to contact me and uh, I'll gladly pay a visit to your complex and uh, assist you with, with the above info that we discussed. Thanks, Paul. Thank you so much, Aubrey. And listeners, we will talk again soon. 
This was Fitzsound's Property Exchange, hosted by Pearl Skeltimer. Not only do we keep you informed on the very latest in the property industry, we also empower by expanding your knowledge base. Make sure to visit www.fitzon.co.za to find out more about sectional title scheme management, letting, sales and trustee training. Remember to subscribe to our channel and follow us on all our social platforms.